Welcome to the Timothy Project Podcast. I'm Jerry Welch, your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Chad Hunsberger. Good to see you, Chad. Yeah. How's life today? All is well. It's very good around here. We are lively and, uh, yeah, oh, ready to a, go. Who's lively? Well, um, we were just discussing how the two of you are Me and Colin. Uh, Colin. Colin. What do we call him? The producer, producer Colin. Producer that's it. Colin. I couldn't think of his name. Producer I was like, Colin. I call him Colin. Yeah, I don't no, know. it's producer what Colin. You call him. When we're on the podcast, he's producer Colin. Okay, you give well, him the title. so Lord. you guys are cold all the time, all the time, and I'm not. Um, and so hmm. it is what it is. I'm cold. It, I'll be honest. It didn't happen to me until I passed forty. Colin is significantly under forty, and he's already cold. I'm so over forty and still not cold. Well, but it's fine. It's a thing. It's only I'm, at his desk, he says. Yes, only at his desk. I'm only cold. Well, I'm no. You're cold I'm all the time. Cold, always cold. Anyway. So, the, yeah, I was going to tell everybody that the Timothy Project exists to equip and encourage current and future pastors, missionaries, and ministry leaders. And so today, we're going to be talking a little bit about a topic that is pretty near and dear to both of our hearts. Yeah. Um, something that uh, we do believe is important, not just because of the way it affects us practically, because, but also because of what it means for the gospel. So that topic is yep. adoption. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, it's we're both... a big one for us. Yeah, it is. We're both adoptive dads. Mm-hmm. Um, I was first. Good job. Yeah, I know, right? So uh, <laughs> I'm older. So I didn't know it was a race. I was, and you missed it. So um, <laughs> sorry, but no, <laughs> I also have adopted more children than you have. Yeah. <laughs> You did. So I traveled farther to get there. You, go. you did travel farther. There so, you go. That is true. That nanner, is true. Nanner. Yeah. <laughs> you said that on a podcast. So here we are. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So my adoption story very quickly. Um, so yeah, we uh, very early in our married life decided we wanted to start trying to have children. Looked at that possibility. Uh, the Lord did not see fit for us to be able to have children biologically. Um, my wife will tell you that um, I, I feel like I. Not that I knew that ahead of time, but certainly God had already prompted my heart um, to be geared toward adoption from some work that I did with after-school kids while I was in college, um, developed a heart for these kids, hated. I remember telling Julie then, we were dating, I told her then, it was like, uh, I, I hate sending these kids home because I knew some of them were going into very difficult environments, mm-hmm. um, were not being encouraged in the Lord, were certainly not being treated in a way that I thought was good and healthy, and so uh, I, I had a heart for kids and, and taking care of them, those kinds of things, and uh, so later on, fast forward in our lives, to we get to a point to where we were not able to have children biologically yeah. um, for no medical reason that they ever identified. We just, it didn't work, and so, um, yeah, we got to a place to where we were considering adoption, and uh, it was something that, uh, oddly enough, I was more ready than Julie was. Like, mm-hmm. it was a process that she had to go through of mourning the loss of one dream yeah, and picking up a new dream. And so it, it was a good process. Um, we did adopt three times. All of our adoptions are domestic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have uh, three wonderfully, um, you know, made-in-God's-image kids that he put in our lives that uh, I've often said they there's no way that any other kid could be more you know uh, my kid than that kid <laughs> you yeah. know they're they're yeah, yeah. they're mine um and uh yeah they picked up a lot of our idiosyncrasies and uh wonderful traits as well right Chad mm. wonderful things yeah yes, so some, they did. some good and bad all of those um but yeah that's kind of our adoption story yeah. we we adopted three times we thought about uh, ad- 
adopting uh, again and considered it again. Our yes was on the table. We never felt like the Lord opened that door. And instead, well, later on, we'll talk a little bit about ministry-wise what we've done yeah. with that. But uh, just God, God closed that door but opened some other doors of ministry yeah. for us. How about you guys? Yeah, so we um, we had two biological children, mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I. So, And then... Um, it, for us, uh, adoption was always on the table. It was a conversation uh, early in marriage, but we really did feel like uh, it. We kind of thought it was going to be almost like round two, like yeah. uh, l- later, maybe when the kids were a little older, that we would uh, do that. And uh, I don't know why that was what we thought. It was just kind of what our mind was. And um, I remember coming home. I would been out of the country, and I came home and. And uh, the Lord had really been working on Gloria with some things. And she said, I feel like um, we're supposed to adopt and supposed to get that, that started, not not for round two, but for right now. And um, she said um, she had heard this somewhere or read it, um, but delayed obedience is disobedience. And so it was like the Lord was, we were saying yes to it, but he was saying no, no, now, and we were trying to delay it, maybe, and for our own what we felt like was a convenience. And so, uh, yeah, we we went through the process. Then adopted. It took about eighteen months at the time. Um, we adopted a little girl from uh, China, and uh, then uh, we we weren't too far outside of that, um, and we went down the foster care world where we thought we would foster to adopt. We did have a couple placements, but um, never turned into an adoption. And around the time we came here to Colonial Heights, we uh, switched um, to an adoption from India. And about a year and a half ago, that adoption finally came to fruition and we brought Zeke home. So we now have, um, yeah, a a child from China and a child from India. Two from America. And two from America. So one from Alabama, <laughs> one from Mississippi. Oh, wow. So, that's yeah. Big difference. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, so that's our four kids. Okay. Uh, the story for us, man, we, it has been really good. Mm. Um, it's been interesting to have been a foster parent as well, to kind of have seen some of that, to be a respite parent. We did that once um, to do some of that kind of work too. And so, um, and then again, like you, to still be able to, uh, certainly want to be a champion uh, for the uh, the vulnerable and um, to to care for orphans well and and the ministry we lead here helps do that. So that's awesome. That's uh, I love how I love to hear people's adoption stories and uh, being in a lot of work that we are in yeah. and uh, ministry we founded called Hearts of Compassion and we'll talk about it later. We get the opportunity to hear a lot of adoption stories and, and how God works and, and I've never heard one that is exactly the same oh, as yeah. the other. It's all very different uh, how God works uh, and so as you've heard today, th- those are our stories. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily how it always works uh, for people. Uh, sometimes um, you know, adoption is really a picture, like uh, a picture of the gospel. We're no going to talk about that a little bit today, but it's also something that is born of great tragedy. Like there, mm-hmm. there is never an adoption that happens that there's not also some degree of loss uh, that you are mourning or that you're dealing with. And so, um, yeah, it, it can be a beautiful picture, mm-hmm. but it's also also can yeah. be born out of a, a season of grief and, right. and difficulty or hardship, either on the side of the child being adopted or on the part of the adopted parents or the, the birth parents, others. So yeah, something broke. Yeah. Right. So adoption means that, that 
this wasn't how it started, yeah. right? Um, and and I think that's why it is such a fit for the picture of the gospel because yeah. something broke, mm-hmm. right? Now, it turns out we broke it uh, in our sin, yeah. but uh, I, I think that's why it, it, the mirror picture there. In fact, that's even why I think Scripture uses that as uh, the word adoption. Romans yeah. eight uh, describes it that way. Yeah. Um, Galatians four describes mm-hmm. it that way. So it's it's describing salvation as adoption. And so then, which, which I think I've heard it said this way before, um, but we adopted because we are adopted. Yeah. I grew up in with my biological parents, so not adopted in the sense of my family unit, but adopted because I was adopted by my Heavenly Father. I then want to do the work of adopting others. Absolutely. Yeah. So we want to ground our conversation today in the gospel and mm-hmm. in the truth of God's Word. Yeah. And so I want us to start, uh, I'm going to share, you mentioned Romans 8. Galatians 4, we can talk about those a little bit more, Uh, but I'm going to read from uh, Ephesians 1, uh, a passage that, it's kind of a long passage, but uh, bear with us uh, today as I read this, and I want you to be thinking about your comments related to that, chat. something we've talked about a good bit in in different ways, but something I think that really forms a basis for why we believe adoption Mm -hmm. is so important as as being a part of church life, being a Christian, being a believer, Uh, but Ephesians 1, starting verse 3, said, blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption, there's the word, Mm -hmm. to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. One of my favorite passages as it comes to Thinking about adoption and and the, I, I guess the cosmic nature of what is going on there, mm. the big picture. What I, do you have any thoughts on on that particular passage as we begin to to, to kind yeah, of pick so that apart? There's a couple of different things that come to my mind about that passage. One, I mean, it's such a picture, even even broader than just the, when it says the word adoption right. there, uh, of, um the way we see salvation work, but mm-hmm. also if you peel that apart piece by piece, then you really do start to even see a little bit more about what adopt how how there is a parallel between the the work of parental adoption mm-hmm. uh, and the work of gospel adoption um, and and how it's very, very paralleled, even in thinking about um, it uses words right uh, predestined and some of those which I know some people, Hit the panic button. That's not um, the topic. For it's today, not today. We'll, um, we'll, yeah. Another time, maybe. Another but, time. <clears throat> but the reason I say that is, it, it says uh, he uh, he chose us mm-hmm. 
uh, to adopt us. And one of the things I would say that's so unique about that is um, we chose our our children, right? Mm-hmm. They did not choose us in that sense. So there is that kind of parallel. So when when I'm looking at, mm-hmm. okay, what all do we parallel? Well, uh, Lottie did not look at a picture book of me, of, of a bunch of parents, and say, this is the one I want. Right. No, like... Um, it's not even how it works on the reverse end either. But I'm saying that that's that's not how that worked, and and so neither did Zeke, and neither did your three, no. and and so it's like um, that that's a helpful reminder for us, even as we're considering, okay, what what are the parallels, and why 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 does that flesh out in that way? And so I w- that's what comes to mind when I think about that passage. I also think about words like. Uh, uh, sealed, yeah. guaranteed inheritance. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think about inheritance, I think about this in in uh, Romans also. But mm-hmm. uh, that means that so in my case, in particular, so I have two biological children and two adopted children, and my two adopted children don't receive anything less from me than my two biological children. Right? Like uh, both present day in I don't I don't give them the scraps. Mm-hmm. Of our our food at the table, right? right? But you I also not anyway. right, of course not. <laughs> but I also not that there, there's any great inheritance to receive from me. But they all four it's just split four ways, right? right? So it's not like oh, these two are my biological children, so they get a better inheritance than than these two. And so that's really what scripture is pointing to, and uniquely, it's what is for us as followers of Christ we become joint heirs with Christ. So we get the same inheritance as as Jesus, which is astounding yeah, to is. think about, right? So that's why I think it's such a beautiful picture because it's so multi-layered oh, yeah. as the gospel is in that healthy way. And, and it's similar, again, topic for another day probably, but similar to how the, the picture of the gospel is uh, correlated to marriage and what a yeah. what a beautiful picture that is. It's, it's right. a different picture, but again, it, it helps us understand glimpses of the gospel all the more clear. And so, adoption uh, of children mm-hmm. into families correlates so beautifully to what we see in yeah. Scripture in that regard. So, I think it's just a, a masterful work of yeah. God to bring that about. I agree. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, and it's one of those that, I'll be honest, I didn't necessarily think through all of those spiritual ramifications before we decided to adopt. I mean, yeah. we weren't looking to, oh, how can we create a better picture of the gospel or, or come up with some kind of way that we can share the gospel through our lives other than just God show us yeah. in every aspect of our life. How, how do we do that? Yeah. And then he leads us on this course of adoption multiple times, and so we're able to give testimony through the way we live our lives every day. We're pointing to the gospel, just like you said, with our marriages. So I believe it does become this powerful apologetic mm-hmm. to the world uh, for them to be able to see. But, you know, let's let's be honest. There are lots of people who adopt who are not believers, yeah. who are not yeah. Christians. And so I, I do think being able to ground it in Scripture and in the truth and yep. point back to why we do that. We also believe in adopting sometimes... Uh, those who are more difficult, perhaps, mm. um, sure. where we go to sanctity of life issues, where, mm-hmm. where children who are born with birth defects, who have other uh, mental um, issues, things that are going sure. on there that the world may look at, and especially in our postmodern 
world and looking at mm-hmm. people's value and, and different sure. kind of things that it seems like uh, is going on around us, we as Christians have an opportunity to stand in stark contrast to that yeah. because of the gospel, because we also were very unlovely. Yeah. Yeah, My yeah. children are pretty lovely. Yours are too. Yeah. I know your kids. They're, yeah. they're pretty lovely as yeah. well. And so thankfully, that was a really good um, adoption process. They're beautiful, wonderful children, but Sure. We're not that way when God adopted us. But, but I, what I, when I think about that, um, just as a, a, an example, so uh, Lottie, our, our oldest adopted child, has spina bifida. We knew that when we adopted her. We knew what that, we knew mm-hmm. some of what that could mean. Uh, that for her, that's included 16 or 17 surgeries. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that, that includes, the life in a wheelchair that includes, I mean, there's, there's a variety of physical therapy and medicines and all kinds of things. Right. Um, and so the reason I use that as an example is because, um, not only what would she have been considered, right. There was a intrinsic value was not there. Right. Uh, but like that wasn't the reason we chose her, right? right? Wasn't because oh we know that she will bring us joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't know what kind of joy or sorrow your the kids you adopted. That's I mean, true. they were adopted uh, like on their birthday, right? Uh, like, right? <laughs> pretty close. So yeah. pretty close. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and, and so I say that to say, uh, at the same time, that that there is that parallel mm-hmm. in a healthy way of actually maybe maybe even stronger, and I think this is what you're trying to point to, though, is while we were still sinners, Romans 5, Christ died for us. That's my favorite verse. Right, so while we were sinners, not uh, because we might sin one day. That's right. No, but while we are sinners, Mm -hmm. Christ died for us. And so it's like, okay, while uh, our child was abandoned, Mm -hmm. while our child had a birth defect, while our child had a mental disability, mm-hmm. while our child, right? So it, it's mm-hmm. those pictures, again, it's just this masterful yeah. uh, way that the Lord chooses to do that. I, I want to want to add this one thing. Mm-hmm. The, the gospel is reflected in that way um, in kind of a analog, analogy form. Mm-hmm. But the other way that the gospel is reflected is that it is evident throughout Scripture, uh, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, that God's heart is for the vulnerable. Mm, so true. he speaks of this over and over. He says, we've got to care for the sojourner, uh, kind of the, the homeless person. We've got right. to care for the widow who doesn't have a way of making means and have to care for the orphan. This is James over 1, and over. Right? And then James 1, uh, visit or care for. That's a pure an undefiled religion right. is one that cares for orphans and widows, the, those that cannot care for themselves. And so when I think about our responsibility as Christians uh, and the stark contrast that is brought about, it's not just because uh, like, oh, this will be a neat way to display the gospel, right? Uh, in, in, in an analogy kind of form. Right. No, no, this is the gospel actually compels us because we were cared for, mm. we were the orphan, we were the widow, we were the sojourner, and now we've been adopted, given a home, we've been given, we're the called the bride of Christ, mm-hmm. we're no longer a widow, we are no longer without a home, we have a home in heaven, right? So, yeah. That's exciting stuff. Yeah. That's this good. Is, this is like the 
So it's not only an analogy of the gospel, but it is actually uh, that the gospel compels us to do those things and to live that out. And so I do think um, that the world should be able to look at the church and say, oh, of course they care. Because other, like if they don't care for orphans and widows and sojourners, then what are they doing? That's right. What kind of religion is that? Mm-hmm. I don't, right? And so uh, I think that's significant. I agree. I agree. Good points. Uh, I was going to read that uh, Romans passage. I'll read that one instead of the Galatians. They're similar in, mm-hmm. in, in what he shares sure. there. Paul shares both of those. Uh, Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. So all of those points that you were making, Paul makes right there for us. So this is an awesome uh, It was not original with me. No, (laughs) but it's really good. I like the way you said it. Um, but I also like the way that Paul says it, and he reminds us that that we're not subject to fall back into a slavery to fear, right. you know, to who we once were. But as adopted children of God, then we have the Holy Spirit in us who testifies or bears witness to God's work in our lives, reminding yeah. us all the time that we may not feel very close to God. We may not feel like that inheritance is working out really well for us right now because of our situation, our circumstances mm-hmm. in life, or what's going on. And I, I, I kind of liken this to the fact that, you know, uh, adopted my children, I'm still a parent. And so yeah. that means sometimes being a parent means involved, uh, you know, we have to discipline. Yeah. There are rough moments. There are times when, you know, uh, maybe we're at odds with our child over something that that's going on there. It doesn't make them any less my children. It doesn't right. mean that I don't care. It means that we do care. And, and in the same way that God cares for us, I, I just think uh, it's a beautiful picture of how God cares for us yeah. and what he rescued us from, uh, from a life of slavery to sin and bondage to sin. Yeah. Um, which, a couple of uh, things as we think about sin uh, and its effect on our lives, uh, then we see that, yeah, as we talked about, adoption is born out of brokenness, uh, and our lives also. We're bringing our brokenness to God, and He brings healing, restoration to that. So adoption is a beautiful picture of how He does that, the justification that He offers us through Jesus because He paid the price for our sins. Just as we paid the price for our children to be adopted, to be brought into our family, I could argue I'm still paying a price in grocery (laughs) bills and doctor bills or whatever, college, I've got college, you're not quite there yet, but we're dealing with those kinds of issues where there's a continual price that we're paying, but nothing in comparison to the price that that God paid for us by sending his own son to pay the price for our sins. And so, yeah, as we talk about adoption, um, I think it's a, a great opportunity for us to be able to point people to the gospel, to the truth of God's mm-hmm. word. And so we would encourage you uh, as you are a pastor or a ministry leader, a missionary, mm-hmm. to look for opportunities. We're not telling you everybody has to adopt. That That's not the call that God has placed on everyone's life. However, we can all, as you mentioned earlier, we can care for the sojourner. We can care for the widows. We can care for the orphans and those among us that are more vulnerable mm-hmm. to um, to harm or to, as, as Paul mentioned, uh, being slaves to fear and other things that may cripple them. Um, so as we make that practical shift, mm-hmm. um, 
into like what speaking theologically about okay. adoption. Now moving into what are some practical things sure. that that we can do. What advice uh, would you give? And if I, if I ask you, what, what advice would you give to a couple or or to someone who is considering adoption? Uh, I'm obviously I'm going to say pray, Good seek answer. wise counsel. Good answer. Those things are are right. I am going to say this. I'm probably going to go up maybe a step further than I think you would have put in your notes, at least. <laughs> I'm going to say you should probably do it. Oh, look at that. You just I, say just do it. I, well, Nike? No. Nike on us? I, what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. I, as the Lord, I don't think it is for everybody. I don't mm-hmm. think that. What I, what I think is, if while you're counting the cost and while you're looking at it and you start to think, oh, man, this is big, oh, that's too hard, whatever, well... Um, guess what? So is life. So I I just feel like so many times people look at it and say, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. And again, I do not believe that it is the, the call to adopt for every family. So when I say you should probably do it, uh, that sounds like everybody should do it. And I understand that. But I, I just want to press in a little bit more to those that are considering it and say, uh, unless you hear a no, you should. Yeah. Assume yes. Assume <laughs> yes. That is commonly said by right. me. And I think assume yes. Like move forward in that. And again, maybe it's not the right timing. That's right. Uh, and, and there are reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's. Uh, that that Lord's calling you into foster care instead mm-hmm. of adoption, and maybe the Lord is calling you to do, uh, provide financially instead of that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but what I do know is that there are some 140 million uh, orphans in the That's world right. today, and there are plenty of adoptive families that could help reduce that, and are potentially choosing not to obey in That's that. Right. And so again, I, I want to. I don't want to be legalistic and say everybody needs to adopt. I don't even think that's what Scripture is telling us. But I do think there are many that are, when they are counting the cost, are saying the cost is just too high. Oh, yeah. And I don't think that we get to choose that. Yeah. Um, So that would be, in your counting the cost, Mm -hmm. you should. You should not go go into it blindly. You should not pretend like, oh, this is like sunshine and rainbows and nothing's... We just talked about it. It comes out of brokenness. Yeah, it does. So it is going to be hard. It is going to be a challenge. But I'm telling you, experientially, it's worth Mm -hmm. it. And biblically, it's right. Right. And so, so I would say that there are many that have chosen not to that should be saying yes. And I think there are some that, you know, God isn't calling you to do that. And and I don't want to guilt you into that, but I do want to press into those that are saying, uh, I just don't want to. Yeah. So just assuming yes, I agree with that. Like assume yes and start walking down the Mm -hmm. path. And then I, I think you're right by having that mindset you're setting yourself up to consider the cost That's right. in a way that is not negative or, mm-hmm. you know, that because it can be overwhelming mm-hmm. uh, to look at the financial cost, the physical cost on yourselves, paperwork, loads yeah. and mounds of paperwork, you know, those kind of things, even even spiritually speaking, yeah. the cost that, you know, those things. But I, but I would encourage you to come alongside. That's when, once you've assumed the yes and you've prayed about it and, and you're seeking the Lord's guidance in it, then, then develop a community of support. 
go and find, you said seek wise counsel. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, that's been a mantra mm-hmm. or, or my, my life goal mm-hmm. for so long is yeah. seeking out wise counsel. Do that. Find those who have adopted, who have walked through the process, who can give you good counsel as to what do you need to do next and how do you do that? So um, looking to that, don't try to do it on your own. Right. Don't run out there and try to do all the research around. There are people who have done this mm-hmm. and, and there are people that can help you yep. uh, with that part of the process. Um, so go ahead. I was just going to say, I think this is your notes too, but I think on a practical level, a step is to look at some adoption agencies. Um, th- those are that, that very practically yeah, yeah. Uh, ask some questions about everything from type to cost to, hey, I want to go to an interest meeting. Like, right. Look at all of those kind of things. If your church mm-hmm. uh, has something like that, then certainly I, I, would, I would tell you, plug in. If you know of, of other adoptive parents, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, contact Jerry or I. Yeah. Uh, it'd probably be better to talk to our wives. Absolutely. But, I was uh, about to say that. But certainly, yeah. Uh, we also, mm-hmm. again, we've done foster care. Uh, we right. have other families uh, in our church that are doing foster care. We've, right. So we would love to be a connection point for you if, mm-hmm. if that's a, something we could do. But, but I would say an adoption agency um, that yeah. that can help you with some of the logistics. Absolutely, because there are terms you need to know. There are mm-hmm. things you need to find out about the legalities of all the things yeah. and whether you're going international or domestic and timing. And so there's a lot of research that yeah. can be done. There are people that can point you in the right directions to help you with those. So what about church leaders? Yeah. Uh, we, we need to think about as church leaders, what is, what is our job? Uh, in coming alongside uh, those who are adopting or um, or whatever, Chad, as a as the lead pastor, mm-hmm. um, what do you con- how do you consider that your job as the pastor in supporting adoption or thinking about it? Yeah, it it like in so many other ways, the lead pastor, um, whether it's because of the pulpit we are responsible for or just general vision oversight leadership kind of stuff, uh, we do have to champion this. It does need to be commonly talked about. It doesn't. I would say, at a minimum, you need to consider uh, a, uh, a regular occurrence of caring for the vulnerable in sermons. I think it should. I mean, easy thing to do is preach it on Orphan Sunday. That's right. Uh, the second Sunday of November is always so. It's like an easy tie-in, and scriptures littered with scripture about it. So you can do that from different ways. But uh, that's a way. But I would also say, um, like. Speaking of like, sometimes it just takes a challenge to church members to say, "I think some of you ought to adopt," even if you're not an ad- easy for me to say. I'm an adoptive parent, but right. even yeah. if you're not, hey, we've all been called to do this. So how are we? I think you should. We often, I do think this as a church, generally, we have widows in our churches, mm-hmm. so we say. That's how we're going to care for widows. We have a deacon ministry. We have a thing. We do whatever. And so we know that's how we're checking that box. But we don't always know how we're, quote unquote, checking the uh, orphan box. Right. And so what I would say is there are organizations that can help you think through what does that mean. There are so many pieces to the orphan care ministry. Your church doesn't have to do them all. That's right. But find a something that your church can do. Is that mean um, we're actually going to care before uh, they're born, right? Yeah. We want to care for the moms. We want to care for like crisis pregnancy center kind of things. Right. Uh, we want to care for uh, like, uh, yeah, we're going to raise money. 
for orphan care. We're going to care for foster parents. We're going to provide respite. We're going to, you know, look at all the different ways in which you can care for orphans. But but pick one, at least, right. and Find lead something. your church mm-hmm. to do that. So speak about it, preach about it. And then find at least an avenue in which you can come alongside the vulnerable children and and care for them. Yeah, and I think those of us who are, so if you find yourself not being the lead pastor, so you don't have the pulpit Mm -hmm. all the time, then we continue to do similar things, just talking about it, whether that's when we're teaching or when we're we're hanging out with people, um, it, digging into it, finding out more, uh, befriending those who have adopted, uh, and looking for a way to provide some community support for those who are, who are fostering. We've mentioned mm-hmm. fostering or who are adopting or, or who are dealing with difficult issues like that in their lives uh, and coming alongside them and forming a community. And uh, it, it's amazing, you, you know, the, the, the needs are the same. And that, you know, a meal uh, does an amazing amount of good That's for so helping people when they're dealing with crises, that kind of stuff uh, in their lives. And sometimes that is bringing home a newborn or bringing home a 10-year-old or, or whatever. Yep. Uh, you know, we all go through adjustments and changes in our life. And so looking for ways that we can minister to people and care for their physical needs as well as their their spiritual needs, praying for them. And so I, I think that sometimes prayer, like you know, that gets... Um, a bad rap like that's oh well we can just pray or whatever no I think that's probably mm-hmm. the best one of the best things that we can do for them is to pray uh, and just being aware that they're there listening being ready to listen jumping in to help out with child care or or like you mentioned respite care mm-hmm. um, for those who are fostering or those yeah. who are dealing with difficult times and so all of those are ways that we as church leaders can promote and encourage a an environment or a culture that supports and encourages adoption and foster care, yeah. caring for the vulnerable, which I think is uh, a picture of the gospel. It's near and dear to yeah. God's heart. He obviously put it in His Word, um, and it's obviously how He deals with us. Yeah. And so I believe I can't help but believe we look more like like Him when we are doing these things. Yep. Um, so uh, just quickly, as, as we're leaning toward a wrap up, two things. Mm-hmm. Number one, I wanted to mention a, a ministry that was founded here at Colonial Heights, mm-hmm. uh, about 12 years ago. Um, we had a family here that was adopting, um, and we knew some of us knew they were in the process. Uh, we didn't know all of the details, uh, but there, there was an infamous, uh, Facebook post that happened, um, where the, the adoptive mom shared her heart late one night um, in in a very difficult season and and just shared a, a quick post um, about how they were about to have to abandon the adoption process. They felt like God had led them this direction, but financially and otherwise, they just felt like they were at a point where they were going to have to give up. Um, uh, a lady in our church read that. Her name is Julie James. She read that, um, called my wife, <laughs> and said, I need you to get on your phone right now and look at this post. Uh, the two of them, the two Julies, uh, that day, we were, honestly, we were driving to Disney World that day. Mm-hmm. So we were on our way. And the two of them, in tear-filled conversation, said, it's not okay. That is not okay mm-hmm. that a Christian family called to adopt 
would say they have to get out of the process because of finances. Mm -hmm. And so they determined to do something about it. And uh, so at first, our thought was, well, we'll help this one family. This is something that we can do. We can help come alongside them. The body of Christ is big enough. We can come alongside them and help them. We can't all raise this child, but we can come alongside them and help them to have the funds that they need Mm -hmm. to be able to do so. Uh, And so... What started with one child kind of led to, okay, well, if we can do that for one family, what what if we did that for other families as well within the life of our church? And so gradually it became a snowball um, to what a ministry ministry that is now called Hearts of Compassion uh, that's been in existence for about 12 years. And uh, in those 12 years, we've helped over 100 uh, kids. Um, through giving money to adoptive parents, Christian adoptive parents who want to adopt. Uh, and so we've been able to see God do some pretty amazing things. We yeah. raised that money uh, by our annual 5K we have. And so that's and coming silent up. auction. Oh, and the silent auction is very important. Um, and quite a big fundraiser yeah. as well, popular fundraiser. But that's coming up on November the 11th. Yeah. Uh, and um, that is a fun way that even if you're not a runner, you can get involved. Yeah. Because like you mentioned, the silent auction. And you can even just sign up and not run. That's right. We're okay with that. <laughs> We're perfectly fine. If all you want to do is register and uh, yeah. that way. Wear a t-shirt. You, absolutely. And pretend like you ran. There you go. I don't care. <laughs> and we by wearing the t-shirt, these. you are supporting adoption. Yeah, and see? you are. those are wonderful things that you That's can great. do. Um and and so there's also like at the race itself. Mm-hmm. So if you if you do come to the race, um, there are runners. Obviously, we're going to have a race, and it'll be a good race. All this awesome uh, prizes and and awards and all the things that go along with that. But we also have an opportunity while here to introduce uh, you to some of our adoptive families yeah. that have come over the years. We have some who come back every year for the race, and it's a it's a point of gathering. It's a wonderful time of remembrance of what God has done, how faithful He has been through the. Years, um, you can check out more about Hearts of Compassion on the website heartsofcompassion.life, uh, and also through social media. You can find them on Facebook and find out more information specifically about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Who are the people who've adopted? How are they coming alongside there? How can you be a part of that? Uh, the silent auction will be live on Handbid. That's the name of it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of it. Um, the an app uh, where you can't. You don't even have to be here. Yeah. Uh, to be able to, to participate. But those are ways our church figured out. You mentioned earlier, Chad, that uh, we can't all do everything. But but we figured out one of the things that we can do is help come alongside in this financial arena. Right. And we found we have people, we have so many volunteers, people within our church. I believe it is definitely a part of the culture of our church that, that we support adoption, that we are encouraging adoptions, that we are coming alongside in this way. And so we have a, a really good opportunity to be able to do that while not feeling the responsibility that we have to take care of every single mm-hmm. part of adoption ministry and all of those things. But we do know some other churches and places that we partner with that do those kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, that's coming up, so I wanted to make sure that people knew uh, about Hearts of Compassion and the Hearts of Compassion 5K. Remember, it's at heartsofcompassion.life. A couple of recommended resources if you want to dig mm-hmm. into and read more about adoption. Number one would be your Bible. <laughs> yes. Go there first. Um, but a- any specific resources you think of come to your mind? Two, um, Adopted for Life by Russell Moore. Um is just a good 
general understanding of gospel and adoption and uh, that picture. But another one I would say, there's a a book called Orphanology. Mm -hmm. It's by uh, Rick Morton. And uh, something about that in particular that's helpful is uh, he kind of dives into a little bit from the church leader perspective of what that looks like is how to have a, a theology of caring for orphans within your church. And so, uh, yeah, orphanology was good. He has a follow-up from that one called No Orphans. Uh, it's kind of a play on words, K-N-O-W-N-N-O. So No Orphans, same same author. And so those those kind of c- go together. Um, gospel and Adoption, uh, it's, it's part of the Gospel series. Gospel uh, for Life. Gospel for Life series. Yeah. Uh, again, that's Russell Moore and Andrew, Andrew Walker. Yeah, that's him. Um, so those those are really good resources. Um, that one's super small and gives yeah. just a little glimpse, but it's a great resource to to give to somebody. Um, uh, there's a guy named Herbie Newell who wrote a book called Image Bearers. Mm-hmm. Um and so, again, helpful. Those are all ones that come to my mind. Yeah, if you have adopted uh, or looking more into helping uh, children uh, who have come from difficult places, yeah. there's the Connected Parent by Karen Purvis, the Connected Child, I mm-hmm. think is another. But anyway, anything by Karen Purvis mm-hmm. uh, is good, and she helps with some of the psychology side of it and how do you help come alongside that from a Christian perspective, those kind of things. So very good. I would also encourage you to look into organizations like uh, KFO, uh, Children's mm-hmm. uh, Christian Alliance. Thank you very much. Uh, Christian Alliance for Orphans mm-hmm. uh, is what that stands for. And places like Lifeline Children's mm-hmm. Services and others uh, that are Christian adoption agencies that uh, I think would provide some good information for you. Yeah. So we want to thank you for listening today. Uh, we want to encourage you to like and subscribe and give us a rating and review. Share uh, this with people on social media. We'll be back on November the 15th, so be sure to tune in. If you have any questions about the Timothy Project, about adoption or the gospel, things that we have shared today, or you have suggestions for future episodes, then email us at staff at thetimothyproject.org. You can also check out our website at thetimothyproject.org. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'll see you next time. Thank you.